Good morning. Welcome, everybody. This is Tavo DRC, Dr. T. We're over here at the headquarters of the Tavo Creative Leadership for our national headquarters, international headquarters, global headquarters as a resource for the Christian community. We teach against racism, against bias, against prejudice of all kinds, because we don't want to be lumped into that kind of group that makes everybody so cynical that Christians that represent Jesus are like that. And that's out there today. So we're purposely taking a stand for justice and against injustice. So we preach and teach, and we need to, as all ministers, we need to teach EORR, equal opportunity, real respect for the office of every human made in God's image. Me, they're, they're Christian, not Christian, denominational, non-denominational, non-believer, Hindu, whatever. Whether they're black or white or brown, male or female, old or young, whatever their theology, we respect you as a real person made human for your journey on this earth by the loving God. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Triune God, but we're not trying to make a ministry for ourselves. We're not trying to be particular that we can't get along with other people of other doctrines in the Christian community. We're just really tired of hate speech. We're really tired of people thinking they're a Christian or people thinking these people are Christians that are hate-filled or biased or prejudiced, fault-finding. So we're coming out against that. And I myself had had a lot of accusation uh, in my ministry. I haven't had it growing up. My dad was a great father. He wasn't perfect, but he was just a loving, hands-on, real dad, as well as a pastor, mature minister who wasn't a chauvinist, a charlatan, a misogynist, a biased racist or anything like that. So I really grew up sort of pampered in the fact I thought real Christians were safe. I really thought all ministers were safe. I didn't realize until I got in my own ministry and the, you know, right when the TV ministers started to get big on TV, I didn't realize that through the years, a lot of that, I don't know, showbiz or performing or marketing or money or whatever it is, the M words, my ministry, me, myself, no more, even misogyny. <laughs> and I'm not a man hater, I respect men, but I've had some anti-female misogyny in different parts and I respect all people. But I will say we now know the culture after living in the deep Southwest, there are certain groups that don't have it, thank God. But then they have some that do. And I didn't realize till Dallas area, Fort Worth, South, deep Southwest and the prophetic movement, certain parts. It's that I never realized it existed until I got and you know, one of my background is we're teaching a national strength doctrine, trying to make it low key. Nobody has to be over anybody, under anybody. We're just a resource. Our style is to communicate, trying to teach cross-body unity, Book of Ephesians, New Testament, First Church, back before, when, before celebrity took a hold of it, and all the people started to think that's the only way to think, cult following and things, uh, before bias was big, and Jesus was known as a white person, which he is not. He was Middle Eastern. He was the Messiah from Jew, he was Jewish background, Hebrew, so he was dark-skinned. So we're trying to really defrag good stuff and bad and keep the boldness back, as well as the not PC, but also let's have a community feel that's organic 
in the fear of the Lord. And so we'll teach our style, our mark, you know, our brand, because that's how they're doing it now. The Christians do it. You know, we are crossed by the unity book of Ephesians, common doctrine. And I'll teach from that point of view. That is like Apostle Paul in Galatians 6, excuse me, Apostle Paul in Galatians 1, 2, not sent out by any one person or any one group. I am the brothers and sisters that are with me. And ours are with us online, as well as a few here and there, and many more coming on land. But we're not doing it to own anyone, to grow a ministry, to populate a brand, to make a house. This is just that we are here like Paul, servant leader, and we're here to help all the houses, all the multicultural houses, business houses, ministry houses, whatever, famous houses, not famous. We're here as a low-key sent servant leader. Our special niche is other ministries of different kinds. And I really respect and like, I really like the vibes of different kinds of Christians. We can fellowship and find common doctrine and unity with Catholics to Baptists to Messianic Jews to Christians to black and white. All kind. The only thing I cannot handle, because I've been around it and experienced, is is occult spirits that are saying they're prophetic, impure spirits of fault finding, but really the occult witchcraft. I have to teach against it. So I'm going to be teaching more on our teammate university for the body of Christ and what it is. If you feel led to attend or come online or gather or network, do so. If you don't, don't. That's all it is freestyle. We're free range. If anything, I hope it's going to teach people unity. It will teach people about the freedom from the law, from legalism with common doctrine, Ephesians 4. It will help people understand that people are, you know, some people can be raised raw and they have no respect for anybody or unless they, maybe they didn't like their mother. Maybe they didn't like, you know, they had black or white issues. So we're trying to defrag that accusation, criticism, because that is how many people who are normal people, not churchgoers, not Christians, let's say, have been through church, have been through racism, have been through this, that, and the other, white collar or no collar, they haven't felt respected. They've only heard the backbiting, the fault finding, the old Pentecostal. I'm not saying all Pentecostals are like that. So are really nice. I like Pentecostals. But you can see in the background of America, Americana, the old country memory of TV or the fault finding hypocrite or somebody labeling somebody or somebody like that. Oh, yeah, you are a sinner. That's what they think. You are that. You are that. And so we've been around it. We need to defrag that. You know, back then, in the culture that is produced right now, before Hollywood, before all the things that got packaged and performance and perfect and polished in ministry, there was really servant leadership. There was none of that. And even though there was some law and bigotry, it wasn't as our nation wasn't like this. It wasn't toxic and caustic and bullying and a mean streak just anywhere you look. So let us look at the church. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm saying, well, where did we, you know, what's the church's role in this? And that's why it drives me back to study relationships in the fear of the Lord, the Holy Ghost. It drives me back to study Paul 
in Ephesians 4, it says every to the Christian, not the non-Christian, our message and our ministries to the Christian only, not the non-Christian. They they're welcome and wanted and valued, but our message is only to the Christian. All right. So what we find is in Ephesians 4, Paul says to all of us about unity and how a transformed Christian community, the true bride of Christ, true believers in community, racially unified and forgiving and loving and everything, it, those, those things affect society. And let's start with Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 says that all the Christians, the command and description of all the Christians, including the fivefold offices in ministry, big and small, are to walk in meekness and lowliness and long-suffering with one another. And that is relationship big turf. It will take sacrifice. It will take getting over stuff. It will take forgiving day in, year in, whatever it will take for as long as we're on the earth. Because we're human, the population is got all sorts of things, mood swings and backbiting and no backbone, too much backbone, whatever. So we got to look at each one as unique, but in also train people to be more powerful in their own self-government, self-control, speech, watch who they want to model. Do they want to model the Messiah who would not judge or accuse by the sight of his eyes, spread gossip? He did. He wasn't a diseased minister. That's Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. Or do we want to role model the accuser who is the fault finder, backbiter, Satan himself in the male gender in Genesis 3, Revelation 12. However, in Revelation 12, it says we're supposed to, the Christian, the real Christian is supposed to know that we've been delivered from accusation. It says that because of Jesus's save, you know, coming to save us on the earth, that the church, they overcame him, who's him, the accuser, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love not life unto death. That ties right in with what we're saying, getting rid of the fault finding, the far off superior, you know, the scale of false doctrine, all these things. Ephesians 4 goes back to keeping a community. That community is supposed to be the bride of Christ that's transformed so that by the time they get transformed, it affects society. I guess society is so shocked and surprised that a Christian can behave themselves in ministry, all right? So it says there'll be less winds of doctrine. There'll be less con artists. There'll be less immature just read that for yourself. So our goal is to prepare the bride of Christ. One of the goals is to defrag doctrine, and so it isn't the pride of Christ. Pride of our attainment, our achievement, our strength, our in our gifts, whatever this is. We want it to be low-key, leveled out, so that the basic person can grasp, is it really a real Savior I can trust? And do I really want to know that many? Jesus as a minister or know the ministry and go to church, we want that back again. So if we look at Ephesians 4, it says the secret is relationships. The secret is everyone cooperating in unity in their own fashion, their own form, their own style, their own culture. But the secret is meekness and long-suffering to preserve the body of Christ in unity. It is a other-centric 
It's not about me and my ministry, my four and no more, and my way of the highway building our ministry. It is about unity, the community, which is also the Bride of Christ and the Ephesia, uh, the Book of Revelation, Church of Philadelphia, the Church of Overcoming Brotherly Love. They overcame the accuser, the character assassinator by the blood of their lamb. They weren't womanizing. They weren't a uh, friend and then behind your back a hypocrite. They were the love walk, the true, genuine, organic deal, equal opportunity, real respect for the office of every human, every human made in the image of God, male or female, black or white, friend or foe. So we have to go back to some grasping of the basics of Christianity right now. And we're looking at New Testament defragging the law. The law accuses, the law the law holds all these rules and accuses people if they don't follow them. It gets superiority, it gets pride, it gets religion. It's not loving. It can be strong, but too strong. It may be, like we've heard before, fault finding. So we're submitting this. And it, the secret of the, the whole unity is the relationship, humility. And then the next one is Paul says, everyone be on the same page. All the teachers, trainers, fivefold offices, and people, the lay people that follow these, sit under them, be on the same page. Paul commands, after the relationships are walking in meekness and lowliness and long-suffering, being a good witness in your testimony, not accusing, then he says there are four doctrines. And the four doctrines that hallmark a real Christian, it's not the eliteness, it's not the submission doctrine it's not the who are you under are you covered doctrine no 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 that's law all right it is the following one lord there's one lord jesus christ one faith the christian faith one baptism baptism in water for the symbol of the washing away of sins i always say it's not i don't call the that baptism as the baptism of the holy spirit book of acts because Jesus water baptized, but he also, people in different groups use different terminology for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not all people call it that. They can call it infilling and, you know, different things. So we're talking about one Lord Jesus Christ, one faith, the Christian faith, you believe it if you're a real Christian, and one baptism and one God, the Father of us all, all right? God, the Father of us all, is a global, huge concept. It means that he validates and accepts and loves and respects equally every individual, no matter what their shade, their color, their hue, in this land and every other land, great or small. It's equality. That's what this is. All right. If I think of covering, <laughs> excuse me, if I think of covering teaching, then God's love covers. That's the only covering in the New Testament. I Google that on purpose because of witch watching, fault finding, and all this stuff going on behind the scenes, Phariseeism in the body, Christian ministry. The Bible teaches us that God's love covers a multitude of sins, and that would include omissions, ignorant behavior, things you're not supposed to do, things you shouldn't have done. He forgives you if you repent. All right. The other part would be, if we look at covering, which is a huge, huge litmus test for certain groups, right? If I walk in or somebody else <laughs> and they bristle with the false doctrine, right? You have to realize that covering means order. 
in my terminology, it means book of Ephesians, chain of command in the ministry, chain of command, observing the boundaries and respecting all of those, acting in James 3.17 while you're there, like the wisdom that represents above. First of all, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality, which I act in. It's not whether you are submitted, that's when you get to the law and the finger pointing and the fault finding and the name calling and the backbiting. So we've all been around that, many of us, and we know that is legalism. Due to the fact that Paul has said common doctrine is the way to defrag the law, defrag character assassination, labeling, and all this stuff that's so pitiful, really pathetic, ruins relationship because it, it, it's disrespectful, demeaning, and it's not like Jesus. It's tribal, competitive, and fierce. So we look at the covering, and to me, there is no word. It's like God loves covers. You can have prayer covering. We'll give you a prayer covering if you want that, but I will not cover anybody. I believe in having people you're accountable to that watch your back and prayer covering. And I have had boards through the years. I've had, when I was married, you know, it wasn't a covering thing because I was never brought up under the charismatic or tongue-talking religious spirit like that. But it's just, you know, that that's Ephesians 5.21, Ephesians 5.22. Ephesians 5.22 is for everybody, but in marriage, it's the same mutual submission in the fear of the Lord with the husband being the tiebreaker in case there's this big deal if you're legally married as a Christian, all right? The second part would be humility is the big deal. Humility is part of love covers a multitude of sins. I'm not lying. I'm not lying to say this. This is in the Bible. I really am serious because I cannot tell you how fault funny, how how um, toxic it is since the celebrity came on the scene in the 80s on down because of the false doctrine and the opinion that everyone needs to rule over everybody and they forgot relationships, the fear of the Lord, practically all of them, and they have no clue of common doctrine that that is the privilege of every person to hear God about every command Paul made or in the Bible anywhere to hear God. It's part of Apostle Paul teaching, work out your own salvation. That's a command with fear and trembling. So the legalists omit relationships. They omit it in their august, whatever rules they've made up in their own houses. So we are now here to help the common folk and help defrag what is really true and what is really not true in Christian ministry. Many people have this thing where when you get to the covering, the need to be covering and women, you're not covered men, you know, you got to be under the authority. I go to two things. I wouldn't, well, three things. I wouldn't raise like that. That's not Baptist. It's all charismatic spirit filled. That is all it is. It is not Ephesians 4, because it doesn't let anyone decide for themselves. It's fascist, some of these people. All right. It is not when Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and he said, don't call anybody a father. Don't say they're your spiritual father. That's in the same kind of tribe. All right. Just say God is your father. And that goes to Ephesians 4, common doctrine, God the father of us all. He is the father. Paul also says, don't say I am for the tribe of Apollos, famous prophet so-and-so, 
famous bishop, famous she, he, whatever, say I'm for Jesus. So all this stuff is the mixture. All right. We look at common doctrine, not under the law. Everybody has their privilege to hear God and make mistakes. We look at your theology and mine. I'm submitting mine in submission of sila. I submit it to you as a sila, not dogma. I'm doing it so that you can be the doctrinal noble Berean that makes Paul proud because you're accountable to go to heaven or hell or make mistakes or not like I am. And I will research your doctrine like I've researched a lot of these doctrine. It's very healthy. It trains people to be smart and wise and not swallow every wind of doctrine because you can get into error. How you handle a disagreement is also the part of the training that's needed to be a pure heart. You may fully disagree and I may fully disagree as a Christian. However, we're trying to work, walk it out in Ephesians for unity, trying to be the bride of Christ, trying to be humble, easily entreated. We're trying to be James 3.17, that the wisdom that comes from above, representing that as Jesus' followers, that wisdom that comes from above is, first of all, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, not trying to win, all right, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. All this is respect. Let's picture two individuals, two souls that are earnestly on fire and passionate for the Bible, for the gospel. They disagree on something big. It's how they do it that is the big deal. Not that they disagree. It's important to know that you have the right. You should be able to disagree because there is false teaching. There is error and there's you know weird stuff going on. So you just have to hear God. And I'm not saying there's a lot of weird stuff, but there really is. I'm sorry, there really is in certain groups. There's a lot of it. <laughs> TV media affected ministry, certain parts. All right. So to be wise, you have the authority and the blessing given by Paul and God to study and work out your own salvation. All right. In an humble way. So you would pick apart the doctrine and see if it like a noble Berean. That's all it means. You respect them. All right, now, if you're disagreeing, then you have to have the guidelines of unity, of not fault-finding and go telling tales and go, you know, labeling them and accusing them. Oh, yeah, their sister so-and-so is really off. He's off. He's wrong. He's a false apostle. I've never heard that until, oh, my gosh, Baptists don't do that. I've never heard playtime ministry as much like that at the local level around all the gossiping and YouTubes and all the fault-finding and all the all the ode to whelp I wrote at the top of online. I'd never heard of that. It's just a lot of Pentecostals and a lot of country gone wild. I think a lot of country doctrine. They never were, you know, taught normal stuff, relationships. They're not healthy. And it comes out with accusation and sin spying. So there, we're not against all tongue talkers because I speak in tongues, but it's not, we're not against, we're not saying all are fault finders, but listen, the doctrine that's why I'm not a charismatic since 2012. The Friendly Fire Fellowships, they never confront. They just see you with their serious gift and their false doctrine, and they don't love you enough to go over and find out if it's true. So we just studied them back. That's all. That's how it got my attention. The red flag. All right. No fear of the Lord. And then at the same time when I was noticing this, that's when I noticed the facts online being reported by the Barna Pew and all these people that 
American churches were in decline before COVID, the falling away. And I was out there thinking, hearing all the fault finding, all the accusation, avoiding the you know rumor mongers and ode to whelp type stuff. I thought it ain't a falling away. This is a driving them away. And it's a pure hearted, maybe turning away, like Paul said, if they're accusers, false accusers and boasters and lovers of themselves and misogynists and playtime and playboys and want to be pleased and they're fit the character and caliber of Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, then the Bible says, Paul says to command from such turn away if you're pure hearted. So I did. So we had to, because of the legalism, the finger pointing, people quoting scripture to get their way, I had to study their scripture and go to the Lord for this kind of scripture, freedom in Christ. We are for being upfront and candid and respectful, polite when you do it, James 3.17, because so many people have not been respectful over here. They will just... You know, like I said, the tribes that send spy and see witches and, and Jezebels all the time. And then they tell everybody that they saw you in their dream or their nightmare in the false teachers. That is what stirred me up also to be so deliberate and upfront. And I'm a Matthew 18. Per I confront people respectfully. I'm not a backbiter, never have been. But I have been called and labeled by certain types of tribes up and down certain ones that gossip enough to get my attention because I saw not just me but as a prophet I was allowed to see how many people it does this to using Jesus Christ's name in vain plainly in vain to protect I guess their turf or their famous name or their local famous name I don't know so that is the old day the witch watching is out and you can go from scanning people to discern them, yes, assessing them. But if you accuse them and spread their name around that they are one and you've never talked to them or related intentionally or in purpose, then you're accountable to the Lord no matter what he does. All right, that's your choice. So we're not of them. We're not for their false doctrine and their false thinking, but it does cause me to wonder if they ever had good parenting or good father. See, the issue is I had it only by God's mercy. I didn't deserve it. I couldn't have figured it out. I now, in hindsight, know I had a great, happy dad, and he was like the father, a real Christian and mature and pure-hearted, not a con artist, not cunning, but fun and respected all people, black and white and women. It was just like real per person. So I at least have a concept of a real Christian and a father and a minister and a dad and a man that was true. And it was only by God's grace. I cannot tell you, you can't help it if you did not, but God can give you clues through many people and just your own revelation of how to get the picture of the father, the real creator father in your heart to de displace that weird, awful picture some people have. I dealt with people who have been horribly demeaned and abused in, in their, when they were little kids. It is so hard for these people. It's very difficult for them to respond to the father, to know who the father is or what it's all about. So that's why I'm teaching this and defragging accusation and the law from the youngest age, the parenting, the prophet and the pastor, all authority is going to help people 
teenagers, young people, old people. I mean, really, it is such a huge thing. The accuser, the wicked accuser should not be in what people say is the Christian or the pastor or the leader or the prayer warrior or the and see when we have the morphing and mixture that's in the community of Christians, a lot of these people have only heard, and they're they're dear people, some of these, but misled, they've only heard sweet baby Jesus. Oh, sweet baby Jesus, turn the other cheek, walk the extra mile. Yeah, we're for that. But they don't want to be confronted if they do if they do <laughs> sin. Or if they take your stuff in ministry, I've had this happen, and um, they will not be confronted because then they'll they'll twist scripture because they have a warped view of Christianity and of the Bible, and they'll say, if you try to confront them in Matthew eighteen fifteen, which I've done more than once, it was like, you're mean, you're not being sweet, you're critical, you're accusing us because you're not sweet like baby Jesus, and I went, wow. <laughs> This is the b lowest bar I've ever seen in Christian office ministry at the lo lower level, man. So God allows this for me to get a red flag to teach on. And I'm teaching respectfully, and I teach to the ornery, and I teach to the good people who might deal with the ornery. And I try to warn people that there is a huge cast of characters in modern ministry Basically, TV followers, not the head people. They don't know what's going on usually. But I'm saying you got to watch out because there is what is called, I call them the MTC, Mentally Tough Customer, but it's really 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 2, 24, 27. Minister with meekness to those who oppose themselves, let they, lest they would get themselves out of the captivity of the devil that they've allowed themselves to get into. That's the long paraphrase. So that's why humility, being compassionate, empathetic, and forgiving time after time is important because the pride, the sticky, sneaky snake of pride, Job 41 Leviathan, is in all of us. It can be in all of us. We don't want it. But some of these people have been so injured, and it wasn't their fault that they were injured, or they have this ego thing, or they're just plain old, you know, nuts, or really off, but a lot of this is intertwined with their background and how they were raised and how they were taught and who they admire and follow and who they hang with. So there's a lot to speak about in one message. But I'm telling you, we have vocabulary now to help people minister with meekness to those who oppose themselves. I've met men, many men like this, and I met women like this. They can be very, oh, we're born again Christians as mean as a snake. Bible also teaches us a second word on that, Psalm 144. David the psalmist said, watch out for the strange children. The strange children. It says, keep your children away from the strange children when they're young. It will rob you of your prosperity. And see, I had to learn this the hard way. I didn't know because, see, I was brought up gentlemanly and ladylike raised. I was raised to just love people and accept them, not be moved by their poverty or their, you know, big or little, just to love them as real people. And when I met this new crop within the crop of ministry the, through the years from the 80s and 90s on, I did not know that not all who say I am, you know, like it says, not all will say, Lord, Lord, will enter in. 
not all who say, I am the prophet, I am the pastor, I am the minister, will enter in. And I didn't know it. And so therefore, I was, I was open to loving and respecting all people and all kinds. I just didn't know the doctrinal bathwater issues. I didn't know that, oh yeah, we move in the gifts, but we tell tales. Oh yeah, you know, we respect you, but we're really phonies. Oh yeah, you know, the music is so beautiful, but they're behind the scenes spying on you in the witchcraft psychic realm of false teaching and spectral evidence which is my term I've studied. It's the Massachusetts witch watching spectral evidence they use based on somebody watching and spying and then getting a vibe, reading their energy, not knowing them, not talking, not loving them, just using them as a, you know, to look good or a position, you know, we're over them or it's so evil. It is just so witchy. And I did not know it. I didn't know I'd be an expert because <laughs> they do it to me. I walk in the whelp and whelm spirit. So we teach now Jezebels, witches. But you know what? Doesn't bother me a bit. I'm not spooked. This is human beings who have been through suffering that are now trying grasp desperately to be in control of other people. That's all this is. And because they're in the spiritual realm, they can go and morph that or and be empowered. You know, it's a weird thing, but it's nothing that bothers me. I'm not bothered. I'm not moved. I know the Holy Spirit. So we want to teach confidence without shame, without scariness, without spooky, without witchy stuff. Because if you go to the Bible and you read Jesus and Matthew alone, the only time he rebukes any person, any humans, are the people of his own father's house, the Hebrew system, Pharisees. And he does it, Matthew 21, tossing over the mammon chaser's table, the mammon centric ministry's table, making a show of them openly, ruining his mother's reputation as a respected, dignified citizen and his own. Matthew 23, he openly, not PC, not hiding out, not just whispering, but on the hillside to the multitudes and to the disciples, rebukes for a whole chapter of red letters, the Pharisees, the godless Pharisees of his father's system of the house that had turned his father's house. That's supposed to be Isaiah, 11, Isaiah 56 verse 7, house of prayer for all people, humble. It's now this system and it's has to have money to keep going. Therefore, he tossed over their temple money changers and he makes this display. That's where it talks about don't say anybody is your father except God the Father. That's at the end of that. All right. However, one more time. I mean, there are other times. This is just the three I get to bring up. That is Matthew 7 21. Jesus says to this religious crowd, in his own father's house, the ministers, he says, many of you will say at the last day, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name, write long oracles and give words at conferences and give, you know, big words of the Lord to our nation and the crowds before me? Didn't I 
prophesy in your name? Didn't we lay hands on people and cast out devils in your name? And the Lord would say, rebuke, depart from me. You who work iniquity. Iniquity, if you know iniquity, can be passed down and gotten worse in the next generation. The word iniquity also translates into lawlessness. Depart from you, you who practice lawlessness to his own ministers, all right, that are moving in the gifts. Did you notice it's moving in the gifts, the Holy Spirit crowd that are, he's rebuking? So maybe that tendency is worse because you have the charisma and the persona and the mesmerization and the psychic and the, you know, going all really off and confusion. All right. He said, many of you will say, Lord, Lord, but I will say, depart from me, you who work lawlessness, iniquity. And when I looked up lawlessness in Strong's Concordance, it means false authority. Use you who use false authority. Depart from me. You are conning. You are manipulating. You are posturing. You are posing. You are withstanding. You are dominating. You are using occult spirits to subvert. You undermine and play people behind their back. You shunned and avoided to control. You purposely use false doctrine when you knew you shouldn't. There's a lot of lawlessness and occult right now in the nation in the spirit of prophecy, not all of them, because of false teaching and nobody has dared to even correct it. So we are submitting it to you as a sila to see if that's really so. This is not about me. It's not about me at all. This is about not even me as a minister. This is about our nation. Our nation is in peril, great peril, more than ever in my whole life. Maybe in the nation. It is the nation's peril. So I go back when I teach and I think, 2014, the Lord had started giving me a warning about our nation, about ministers, Christian ministers, pastors, and leaders. I'm looking at me too, but males and females. For the sake of our state, of our nation, he gave me Isaiah 1 through 10. Isaiah 1 through 10 is the rebuke of the national prophet Isaiah to God's people. He says in chapters 1 through 3, God is upset because of your sin, your little g gods, your false theology, and your pride, your vanity. And he said it even to the women. What had happened in Isaiah 5.20 is that all this mixture had clouded their perceptive skill. They're, they were really trying, you know, thought they were really pleasing God. They hoped they were, but they were missing it. It says now they were had a woe against them from the prophet. Woe. You call good evil and evil good. What I've told you about the psychic and witch watching and spying somebody but never speaking to them or relating, loving them or being mature enough to do that, thinking they're the God's honest gift to the world. And they're kind of this huge kind of bunch that's out there. It's a huge area, you know, not just area, but nationally and global. That 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 spirit, psychic spirit, occult, witch watching. All right. So 
Isaiah 520, you're calling good evil. How do you know if they're a real witch or not? You've never talked to them. You're in control so much in your lawlessness and sneaky snakeness that you're calling people good and projecting yourself, <laughs> your whelp self, your Jezebel self onto them. It's it, it. That's what I pulled out. I'm not in, in anything like that. I, I can read it a mile away. I can. It knows me. I just do not like that spirit. It's just so weird and so time consuming. Why do I need to? It's not even on mark for eternity and getting people saved. And it's, and it's really mostly not. It's mostly prejudiced and misogynist and not really dark. It's really white. It accuses. It doesn't assess. Assess. So the warning was for Isaiah 10, the first 10 chapters. You can read it. First three, the sin, little g-gods, vanity, and false teaching, false religion. Made the people, the elders, see things. They had a woe pronounced, calling things that are good evil and evil good. All right. I'm talking just to the believers, not the nation. That's doing it too, but we're not talking to you. All right. Isaiah 10 is the big one. It says, the prophet says to God's people, you are blocking my Holy Spirit move. I am here, says the Lord, with my Holy Spirit yoke-breaking anointing that would make your neck so fat with my anointing that the fierce collar of tyranny of the Assyrian nation that wants to wipe your culture out and take you out completely and destroy you. You are blocking that because of you and your pride. And that's why I am teaching. And I have had it with the occult in the spirit of prophecy. I've had it with the occult. I know it. I feel it. It is so it is so unobjective. It is so subjective. You can't read. You're not supposed to be into telecommunications, psychic, reading people's minds. That is not in the Bible. And I'm tired also that it's a poor me spirit that is behind this. Poor us. Oh, yeah, they're coming. You know, the vic oh, they're going to come take our turf. They're going to take our money. They're going to, you know cause us trouble that is part of the day in which we live in the witch watcher days of the united states of america charismatic it's so bad so the bible teaches me i've had trouble with that because i am a prophet a sane prophet <laughs> but a down-to-earth one i don't have to call myself that i do it on purpose to stir up the hornet though i really will say it but i do it because I want other people who have been through that to feel comfort to know it's not just them. They're not alone. And I want these people to shape it up and get rid of their own error and, their, and you know, take note of their own hearts. Do I love them? Yeah. Do I forgive them? Yeah. But if I didn't have to deal with this, every time I deal, go with the Holy Spirit and it comes out because it's in their mixture, huge, big, then I have to confront it. That's what I'm doing is confronting it. Whelp is a Jezebel spirit. Whelp is the Jezebel spirit that they're, they never confront you. They're too chicken. It's the Jezebel spirit they warrant. They call everybody, but it's not being 
taught in 1 Kings 16, which I teach, and also Revelation 2, Church of Thyatira, because if they were true leaders in mantles, the Bible says if you feel that you've got a Jezebel, a dominating false teacher in your midst, you are the one that is supposed to walk over there, make an appointment, and confront them in a relationship. And they have never, nobody in my whole life has ever done that. Why? They have no fear of the Lord. So we're working on it, just teaching. All right. The thing that is concerning me from this last move is a lot of this, but it ties in with one title, the Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5 from Search Turn Away Fellowships. If you look at the prophecy that was way back in Paul's day, first, Second Timothy, it says, in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, accusers, boasters, all these different things. Did I ever suspect growing up when I heard that verse, it would mean Christians? I thought it was the world. <laughs> no, it is the church. And out of this comes the Friendly Fire Fellowship from such turnaway fellowships that our Pauline commands equal to Hebrews 10.25, don't forsake the fellowshipping with the saints. Now you just have to figure out a different way to do it, so not go there. The third verse about fellowshipping would be 1 Timothy 5, 6.5. 1 Timothy 6.5, it says, Paul says, if you are with a group and they're big talkers and they say that you are not blessed if you don't have money, he says, from such, turn away from them, and I have. So we are for the body. We're for the pure-hearted. But, you know, right now you got to figure out who's who, and you got to seek God for yourself. That's really what it is. We're here to be a relationship. We're here to be your friend. We're here to bounce stuff off of, be a relationship and a resource for the community. I go, I have taken off from false doctrine uh, because I need a break from it. I like it, but I, I mean, I like the um, music, but I can't be there if that other stuff is going on in the doctrinal bathwater, subterfuge, emotional intrigue, not being direct, never confronting, trying to be controlling, from such turn away, and I have. So I love to be with people that are joyful, that really are on the ball for the Lord, that are holy and, but not, you know, pure in heart and all colors. So we're here as your you know, one of your resources, and we'll be glad to visit, enjoy, to meet, and chat so we can work on revival, real revival and renewal and restoration in our country. Well, this is Dr. T. Tavo D'Arcy, Tavo D'Arcy, signing off for now. If you want to get in touch, just leave a, just connect, and we will send you the cell phone if you, if we feel it is of the Lord, uh, we'll evaluate the email, and then we will contact you, give you the cell number and how to connect. And the number is, the email is TCL, like Tavo Creative Leadership, tclleadership at gmail.com. God bless you. He loves you. This is Tavo DRC signing off for now.